Okay, welcome back to our Smoke and Snow OSE session. When last we left our heroes, they were searching for Mithril in the snow-capped mountains of South Valconan. And we pick up where we left off. They have located a small mountain stream winding through the windswept mountains. And as they approach it, Leopold Stavish, their Kalna or Dwarven member, just below the, the frozen waters of the stream, glimpses what seems to be a bright, shining, silver, metallic gleam. Could it be the mithril that they seek? And we're going to jump straight in and hand over to you guys. You're stood by this small... Sort of fairly narrow, not too deep, frozen stream. Obviously, the weather's been quite terrible recently because we're getting into winter. The waters are pretty much frozen over, but you can still sort of see the bottom of the stream because you're in the area where it shallows out and it runs into the forest on the southwest of the mountain range. And you can see the, the, the pebbles and the rocks, the jagged rocks at the bottom of it all beneath this sort of frosty light covering of ice there's a slight wind blowing a few wisps of snow falling through the air and sort of landing on your gear as you're moving and leopold you've just looked down and you've seen this glinting as though of silver but brighter and more brilliant than silver yeah just I, um, the ice i like reach out i imagine that weimar's there or nearabouts so i kind of grab him Weimar, tell me my eyes do not deceive me. That appears to be the glint of silver, or more precisely, Mithril. Well, you, you'd know better than I. True. But um, indeed, as you look down, Weimar, you can also see so in amongst the, the rocks and the, the pebbles on the bed of this frozen stream, you can also see this bright glinting as the light sort of refracts through the layer of ice. A brilliant silver light. Then I shall shed my pack and um, just advance cautiously, checking the ground. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to inadvertently end up in the the flow of the stream. Yeah, I mean, the you're cautious, but you're pretty safe here. Because like I say, it's a fairly shallow sort of small stream. And um, it's pretty much entirely frozen from what you can see. But like I say, it's only like a couple of feet deep here. So even if you did somehow fall in, you're not going to be swept away by it. But yeah, you cautiously sort of make your way over. And as you get nearer to the bank of this stream, and you, you sort of very gently brush away a bit of the snow that's collected on top of the frozen water and as you peer in you can see what appear to be small flakes small chunks of this bright silver metallic substance and at this range it leaves you in no doubt that it is mithril or true metal as your people call it right um leopold being a a man of uh, some experience, or a dwarf of some experience, I should say, 
he uh, glances around just to see that he's not being observed in his activities. Well, aside from the rest of your party, there doesn't really seem to be anyone else about. You can hear like a few birds off in the distance and the occasional animal call from the nearby forest, but nothing that sounds like it's an immediate danger to you. Okay. Right, Weimar. I feel it would be prudent for us to light a fire before we investigate. All right. Although, speaking of animals, Darren, can I please get you to roll me a d6? Can. And that is a 2. Okay. That's grand. Oh yes, lest we forget. Indeed. The worm of the west or the east. That's it. Okay. Well, you know, it's got a long fly range, we'll have to zoom out the map. Okay, so as you're sort of saying this and you're looking around, you do hear this incredibly loud screeching noise coming from a few miles to the the southeast of you. And as you sort of look around, obviously all like taking cover and suitable precautions, you see a large winged lizard with scales of white and various shades of blue that almost seems to be made out of ice itself sort of flies pretty much directly over where you are casting this humongous shadow and for a few moments as it passes overhead you feel like the downdraft and you hear the (laughs) of these giant pallid leathery wings flapping However, the creature does not appear to have spotted you at present. So it's obviously you're amongst the trees and stuff like that, and it more or less flies directly over the top of you. However, as it does, there's like a cold wind that seems to follow in its wake. And the temperature seems to fall a few degrees as it passes over you. I think I'm... Sorry, I think I might have misunderstood. So we're all together previously... That's correct. Ah, yeah. I was still working on the basis. It was just me and Weimar. Well, uh, we uh, we did meet up once. Ah. Of course, we. Uh, I presume that afterwards we could have, you know, made a plan because we know where the find is now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, just it, it's it, just it, more dodgy recollection of last session. That was all. Yeah, you, you did separate briefly, but you all met up again. But obviously, ah. you're in no immediate sort of combat danger or anything like that. So we're purely in sort of like role play time now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I probably would have addressed the party as a whole rather than singing. Oh yeah, out. No, no, that's no problem. We would just assume that you spoke to the rest of the party as well. That's fine. Um, yeah, I was just probably just blanking them. Now Brock, as someone <laughs> as someone who was raised with the the superstition and the sort of dread of these these humongous frost worms, how does your character react to? literally like the shadow of death as some of your people would see it like directly flying over your position 
Um, well, he, he would have probably, he would have probably been sort of five, ten seconds ahead of everyone else, just because he'd have heard or felt the change in temperature and that, mm -hmm. and he would have disappeared at that point. You, you wouldn't have been out to see him, even though he's a bulky guy. He'd have found the nearest tree, and since last, well, since the last time he heard it or saw it flying over, he's constantly his attention is looking for the best place to hide uh, for the whole group uh, and just listening and looking out. So you know, most of his attention is is focused on listening out for this thing and thinking, well. If I hear it, we can get to there, and we've got yeah. a chance of hiding. Uh, and when it, you know, come over, he would have, you know, pointed and tried to get people into cover and stuff um, as best as possible. But that—that's his almost his sole purpose at the moment. He feels that he needs to be trying to provide some sort of assistance to the group to keep them safe from it because he's heard the horror stories, um, and luckily not actually. You know encountered one okay lovely so yeah this should tell you something about the the almost superstitious reverence and dread that the the local ice walker tribes hold for this creature that even someone like brock who has his as we've described is a fairly sort of mountainous like muscular figure that like knows how to look after himself as soon as he became aware of this he's been like constantly like keeping half an eye on the sky and another up another lookout for places to hide should it come back so that should tell you something about the the reverence and the dread that the, the local people feel for this creature but after a few moments it has passed overhead you, you all slowly start sort of like creeping out of your various hiding places as you sort of look to the northwest you can just about make out its form sort of far in the distance the the speed with which it flew over was tremendous to the point where like it sort of like bent some of the trees these sort of like fairly sort of flexible thin pines in the direction of its flight as it sort of zoomed over but you all start slightly creeping out of your hiding place you seem to be safe for the moment so i think we'll we'll <clears throat> presuming that we want to uh uh, what do we want to do? Do we want to take some of this metal, take it to uh, New Zealand, or is there enough of it? Though, is it just like the sort of shards that have broken off of something and washed down the stream, or is it actually anything of substance? It would depend on how long you want to spend sort of searching, because it is in like smaller chunks and fragments, but. As you're sort of following the, the stream and you're sort of looking around, you can see it sort of dotted around. So you're probably right, Brock, that like smaller bits of it have sort of washed downstream from the, the mountains further north. I, mean, I, I would turn to Leopold and try and get his advice on whether he thinks there's a, a larger sort of quantity of it somewhere else, which is you know, potentially where this, these bits have come from. And we should be looking there rather than collecting up the little scraps. Well, this is um, this this is a valuable material. All these small bits would soon add up if we were to spend 
a little bit of time, but it's also fairly easily gotten without much labour. We could just light up this fire so that we could rewarm our extremities, such as our feet and hands. And uh, I'm keen to get some samples and see what we're dealing with. Hence my suggestion of the fire. Now that the uh, winged beast is passed. Um, and is we- there such a thing as different qualities or? You know, is is some mithril better than others, or is it once? It's no, mithril, no, no. Mithril. Mith, mithril is mithril, and if you were to mine it, you, you might uh, need need to uh, in a seam. You may come across impurities and things like that, but mithril is a a, a pure thing. It's either mithril or it's not. And obviously, Leopold, you would certainly know that. The main benefit of mithril once it's been refined is that any any metal items made of it tend to weigh roughly sort of half as much as the same item crafted from a lesser metal and sort of like weapons tend to have like a keener edge armor tends to like turn aside blows a little better but the main benefit is that it weighs a lot less and obviously it always it maintains this sort of glimmering sort of silver sheen to it yeah yeah i mean it's um yeah it has many qualities and uh i i could regale you for some time but uh i i think we're definitely on to something here i need to just confirm my suspicions that this is in fact true mithril and um, well I won't beat about the bush I would I would relish the chance to get my hands on it and with, and with that I will start constructing a small fire yeah not a problem there's there's a bit of wood around obviously it is snowing so a lot of the wood that's around like the spruce wood etc is quite damp so we break it off the lower limbs of the standing trees as a true survivalist. Splendid. Yeah, so, and let's say it's not like you, your first rodeo out in the wilderness. It is so not. That's absolutely fine. I know you've got flint and steel and stuff like that. So it takes a little bit of time, but you do eventually get a small fire started. Yeah. Well, let us take care of that. You know, uh, you've got more more expertise in this this uh this mithril you talk of and i'll sort of take over this this building of the fire and collecting of the wood yeah no problem so brock takes over building the fire and within 10 15 minutes there's a small sort of fire crackling away good once uh once the uh the heat source has been established then i'll uh sort of take off my boots and um probably probably be a good idea to take off like my trousers and you know don't want to be getting any of that gear wet and uh, yeah get everything set for when i come out of the water because uh 
you know everyone's got to be a little bit careful and 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 head head into the stream and see if i can get hold of some of this uh get hold of some of this mythra okay so you start heading into the stream and as you walk out onto the ice you see that the stream is pretty much frozen solid like i say because it's fairly sort of sort right. of running and it's it's fairly shallow and obviously we're heading into the cold of winter now and you're in the sort of the raised areas where the temperature is lower anyway so you put you put your feet on the the ice obviously you feel the cold sort of through your, the soles of your feet and there is that sort of slight sort of like creaking sound you know you get when you walk out on ice but you think it you think from the sort of feel of it it's probably sort of like frozen all the way through hmm okay so it's not going to be simple then um I'll um, I'll head back. I'll get my pickaxe and I'll try and, and break out some ice, just with a view to getting a sample of the mithril. If 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 it's so icy as this, then this is going to be no benefit. You know, it, it, it's essentially like mining it out of the rock. Then there's nothing to be gained from getting it out of the river. But I'm looking just to get a sample for confirmation purposes at this point. Okay, yep, that's fine. So you you get out your miner's pick, you hack out a piece of this ice. Now, again, because it's fairly sort of a fairly sort of slight stream, it's not very deep, it's fairly shallow, and we're only just in the start of winter. As you sort of like go through the ice, it's like a bit more sort of like slushy mm -hmm. at the bottom, so it's not like fully like frozen solid but there's like a sort of thick layer of like solid ice and then it's like slushed down below mm -hmm. but enough to support your weight as you're walking across it and i presume you're trying to like hack a bit with like a sample of this mithril in it yeah yeah i'll find a bit and then go for that yeah yeah no problem it takes you a few minutes um you you're a little bit sort of like flustered and a bit sort of hot and bothered by the time you've done it because obviously it's physical work but nothing you can't handle mm -hmm. and eventually you're rewarded with this piece of ice that you've hacked out which has like a small nugget of this sort of blue black unrefined mithril in it mm. yep i'll take it over to the fire set it nearby the fire maybe just get out like a little my my, uh, my eating bowl or my drinking vessel or something like that and set it near to the fire just so it can thaw out so that we we can see what we got and yep. uh, warm up, warm up my feet. Yep, you spend a, a few minutes warming your feet and sort of thawing out this small chunk of mithril. And after the the ice has melted, you have like a a couple of inches of water in your bowl, and there is this small nugget of this this sort of silvery black mineral, which you know is the sort of colour of mithril in its unrefined state. You sort of experimentally like scrape up, scrape the outer layer of it, just to like check. And as you scrape it off, you can see that the the sort of interior of it is a much brighter silver colour, and it leaves you with mm. no doubts that it is indeed mithril. Mm. Well, gentlemen, I think we have found what we are looking for. Obviously, the uh, the weather conditions 
make it somewhat tiresome to be panning for the mithril. My suggestion would be perhaps we look upstream, see uh, see what gives. Perhaps like um, Brock was saying, we could find a, a richer source. Can we see how far the, the stream goes before it sort of heads into the mountains or is it sort of beyond sight? Yeah, you can you sort of see roughly how far it goes. It sort of heads about sort of five or six miles before it really starts like getting into the mountains. Although because it's winding around it basically about sort of three, four miles away, it sort of like jinks and runs into the, the sort of lower reaches of one of the mountains. Then it continues up into the heights of a, another mountain. So it jinks into the lower regions sort of here-ish and then continues up into the heights of another mountain here. See, we would have to find a seam. We'd be looking for a seam of this mithril to mine. Um, well, let's go and have a look. See if we can at least find a seam. Okay, so as you know, you can move six of the the small hexes in a day so feel free to move your uh, your player party token to where you want to go and i'll tell you if anything happens along the way do we know if there's any history of this being mined before not as far as you're aware okay so you guys are following the stream however when you get to here as you're sort of following the stream they say it jinks into the lower regions of the the mountain to the northwest of it and as you sort of look at the mountain sort of set in the side of it you can see what appear to be the remnants of a crumbling stone building mm. and has the has the mitral gotten any ticker or bigger in the river not as far as you've seen you as you've been walking along you've been keeping a lookout obviously yeah. you've seen the odd like small little nuggets and little flakes and stuff like that but you've not seen any like big like ingots of mithril or anything okay. like that i mean you suspect given your i mean obviously you're, you're a wilderness man uh malcolm you would expect that given that this stream's fairly sort of shallow it, it may not have the sort of the strength of the current to like bring big big chunks of it down Okay. When would we expect this water to thaw out a bit more and become more flowing? Well, there's a, there's only two seasons in Valconan. There's summer and winter. Uh, it's a it's a twelve month year. There's three months of summer. The rest is winter. We're in the first month of winter. Ah, okay. So it's going to be a long old while before it thaws out. I mean, yeah. occasionally you do get slightly warmer days, even in winter, where you expect yeah. it might thaw a bit. But by and large, you're talking like, oh, I don't know, nine months. Like nine months, yeah, basically. So we know it's we, but we know this is here, and in nine months' time, there's going to be mithril for the picking off, basically. Indeed. However, you do also know that the the forts have been selling uh, oh, yeah. claims, so there's definitely other people who are interested in the mithril in this area. And you've, you've met one of them, the, the dwarf Krosnon. 
indeed, yes. Uh, so this this building, uh, are we talking about a sort of small hut or a tower or okay, sort of fortification? So or? As you're looking at it, it appears to be two small stone buildings. They're missing the they're missing the sort of roofs. They appear to be like quite derelict, and they've obviously been here for quite some time. Um, there's the remnants of a number of small stone walls. Um, they're situated pretty much by the side of this small frozen stream. And would I think it was construction or materials that like the ice walkers would use or it, it's very unlikely the ice walkers tend to use um like um nat more natural materials like furs or whalebone stuff like that. Okay. Crofters we... is, is Crofters cottages cleared out by the red coats, that's what it is. Uh, do we think it's kind of farming in nature or military in nature? Looking at what's left. Difficult to tell unless you go and investigate closer. Or, or you can really see at the minute from the distance you are is like these two sort of small stone buildings. Should we go and check it out? Yeah. Okay. In which case, let me plonk your tokens down and I'll show you a map. Did you say, John, there was any sort of roof cover if the weather turned particularly nasty? Not on these buildings, no. No. Okay, so I'm going to move you over to the map, and hopefully you guys will be able to uh, see that when you're moved across. Yep. Ooh. As you get near it, obviously you're on the other side of the frozen stream you can see what appeared to be several large species of what almost look like prehistoric large birds sort of perched on the buildings, the walls, there's one on a tree. They don't appear to be paying you any particular mind at the moment. Mm. We've not seen these type of uh, creatures before. What about Malcolm? Malcolm, do you recognise these things? Uh, do I? Romy D6. One. Okay, you think that these are creatures known as Archaeopteryx. They're like, they're a large sort of prehistoric dinosaur bird, effectively. But they are, they are animals. They're not like evil creatures. They're just animals. <laughs> Okay, but they—they they obviously they can be dangerous because they're quite large for birds. Hmm. Okay. Useful pet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like give a man a hammer and everything's a nail, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, what hit dice of creature is it you can uh, befriend? Five. Oh yeah, I reckon um, Nah, you're out of luck. Ooh. Okay. But yeah, they're sat around it and you can hear these loud sort of rasping caws and screeches from these birds as they're they're preening themselves. They occasionally take flight from the perch they're on to, to land somewhere else. 
Are these trees around us, John? They are, yeah. So we've got a little bit of cover there. Uh, this part in the middle, John, does that look like it goes somewhere or is that just part of the map? That's just part of the map, sort of heading up to the mountain. Okay. Hmm. So we can't really get to these buildings without tangling with these guys. Hmm. But we could take a long route round to the left a bit. Yeah. So if we could well, over here across. We could. The ice was previously most sturdy. I had to bust out a pit to get through it. So I, I'm I'm happy to. Um, I'm happy to track out across the ice over over to the west. Take a circuit a circuitous route. I would suggest uh, my people would always carry a rope in situations like this, so that if if this ice was not as trustworthy as first thought, then we'd be able to at least pull you back out. Yeah, well, that seems wise. You're not as stupid as you look, clearly. Won't be the first or last to say that. And to be fair, that's pretty much as near as you get to a compliment from Leopold, to be honest. It is. Well, it is. It's been said before, so... <laughs> that's it. Make the most of it. Right. Obviously, then I will... you still have your um, your retainers with you, Caroline, Dick, and Gordon. I can't see. Um, I can't see Dick in the active party members. Well, I'm going to tie myself onto this rope offered by Brock, wisely offered by Brock, and um, I'm going to head head out onto the ice. Uh, I, but what I'm going to do is. Um, I'm going to do the Dwarven Ice Shuffle at this point. Ah, the famous Dwarven Ice Shuffle. Yes, yes. And that is where you get your pack and you, like, lay it on the ice and then you get, like, a kind of like a turtle. You assume the turtle position and you, like, lay on your pack and you kind of, you know, turtle across the ice sliding on your pack. Okay, that's fine. So move yourself to where you want to go to. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna first of all head to this little this little peninsula there. Okay, roll me a D twelve. A one. Okay, so you get to here. Mm hmm And as you sort of get to that area you hear like a and you see like a small like network of cracks starting to spread out from the ice. Okay, I'll lift up my hand in the universal signal to reel me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a problem. Yeah, I do it fairly slowly, not to cause any extra stress on the ice. Oh, that's yeah. all right. In the in the dwarven turtle ice, the turtle whatever, whatever I fucking called it. <laughs> <laughs> I just sh sh shimmy back. 
yep, it's not a problem. You you reel Leopold back, and ah. you can see sort of around about here the ice appears to be like a little bit thinner, and there are cracks there. Yeah, I feel it would not be wise for us to cross at this point. Um, it's already breaking under my my small amount of weight. <clears throat> when if we were all to attempt to cross here, I feel it would be too much. Uh, how about here? It's a little bit yes. narrower. Yes. Mm. Yes. Is and that I'll... an extra bit of land in between there, or is that yeah, just? Yes, a... I think so. It's it's just Sizable. actually snow on top of the. Oh, ice. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. Right. Well, I will once again assume the position. Okay. Give, give us unless anybody 12. else fancies a chance, unless it, have we got a better idea or anything like that. I can't think of a better idea than you going first, Leo. That's right. <laughs> of course, of course. The dwarven ideas are so often the best. Indeed. I... It's the very best of ideas. <laughs> yes, yes. And I will prove the point by heading out. Okay, give me another D12 roll. Okay. Move yourself to where you want to go. I lose you crossed. Indeed. You make, <laughs> you make it all the way across. There is a bit of sort of creaking and groaning from the ice, but it holds firm. And you, you, the audience. Sort of, you scramble up to the, the bank on the opposite side of the stream. Ah, marvellous. I'll give the universal thumbs up sign. Untie the rope. Give give the wind the roping signal. This is all. All the signals is in order to not alert the uh, creatures unduly. Okay, I will go next. Okay, um, that's fine. You don't have to make rolls because Leopold's already found a safe path for you. Oh, excellent! Told you it was good for something, lads. There you go. Obviously, there's been a. Do I a get fair... my Pathfinder badge? <laughs> there's been a fair bit of noise and creaking as you moved across, which has drawn the attention of a few of these Archaeopterists, but they don't sort of like leap to attack or anything like that. They just sort of like hiss and make these like loud, coring noises. Yeah, I might move myself into the tree cover and uh, break out the crossbow and assume a defensive posture. Whilst uh, you know, to cover to cover my companions as they cross the the ice. Okay. And what's why am I doing while all this is going on? Um, keeping an eye. I think we're. He's going to be uh, supervising uh, quite a bit. Uh, the with bow at the ready. Uh, <clears throat> sort of rear guard action as okay. uh, there's there's potentially a, some trouble that's going to kick off if if there is some agitation here. So he's he's sort of like sticking to the back, just letting the folks with the plan go ahead. This is like casually knocking an arrow. It's like ah, oh, no worries. I'm just gonna. <clears throat> 
Uh, no problems. Just keeping an eye on things, honestly, not really caring about the wh whatever is going on with the group, more about like uh, where is trouble going to jump off next. <laughs> okay, no problems. So all of you, with the exception of Wymar, make it across the, the stream. Like I said, there's a bit of cawing and a bit of sort of flapping of wings from these these Archaeopterisks, these these prehistoric large dinosaur birds, but they don't spring to attack you or anything like that. What do you want to do? Okay, in that case, I will head out to the left flank, the western flank there, and take up a position at this tree mm -hmm. and kind of like gesture to my companions perhaps to, to move to the stairs point you know just point the stairs of the building okay which i'll move to the stairs and bring caroline with me okay as you sort of head up this this quite sort of badly cracked and degraded stone stairs must have once been sort of quite finely crafted but obviously the exposure to constant cold and extremes of temperature has caused them to like badly decay mm. as you sort of head up and you're sort of peering into what must have once been like the first floor of this building but obviously there's now no roof on it or anything like that you can see sort of maybe 15 feet ahead of you as you're sort of looking across the the floor you can see what appears to be a spiral stone staircase leading downwards Sorry, um, I think I missed it. Did you, did you still have the rope thing going as you crossed? Because yes. I was thinking, um, we um, we could have established like a rope here, here, between these. Yeah, we could have we could have done it. It was it was Brock. Brock was the rope guy. Yeah, cool. I would have definitely supported everyone coming across, but. I think we'd sort of determined that it was safe enough passage that yeah. just having it on hand was enough rather than right. having to have an actual sort of almost zip wire across. Right. Um, so probably would have been doing it manually, but mm -hmm. I'll happily throw the rope across while you cross. If you're looking yeah, I mean, to do that. As long as we're on both sides, we might as well put the rope up. So if we have a rope, Weimar um, does as well. I think probably yeah, a good man. idea to have it there just in case we need to, you know, yeah, if exfiltrate. Gonna, yeah, if we're doing a quick getaway, we could do. Yeah, I'll well, temporarily sacrifice my rope. That's no problem. Yep, doesn't take you long to secure the rope around a tree. You throw the, the coil of it to Weimar, who likewise fastens it around a tree on the opposite side no problems with that i can't see you on the map brock i'm in between oh oh are yeah. you under somebody are you no i'm in between the two two spaces oh. to your right yeah. oh uh, oh okay yeah i just can't see your name yeah it's covered up by um gordon oh, okay. yeah, yeah gotcha yeah Oh yeah, I see your picture there now. Yeah, I would be there. Just tying off the rope, yep. Okay, so assuming that we've come here to explore and 
not wanted to talk about it. I'm just going to kind of head forward and approach the top of the stairs. Okay, yep, no problem. You head up to these this flight of stone stairs and it appears to head downwards into what you assume is maybe like a basement or a cellar of the building, sort of like probably below ground. Right, and now that we're closer, do we have any sense of what kind of building it must have been? Not really, because everything's a bit quite badly decayed. Um, although, sort of looking down the stairs, obviously the sort of downstairs area has been sort of more sheltered from the elements. So the, the stone staircase heading down, although the first few stairs are quite badly chipped and cracked, as you sort of like look down it, you can see that the weathering effect is progressively less as the stairs lead down. Okay. So I will head down the stairs then and see what I can see down below. Okay, no problems. I won't move you onto the, um, the map yet, but as you head, sort of head down the stairs, you can see what appears to be a long sort of flagstone corridor stretching ahead of you must be about 60 feet long and then at the very end of it to either side are what look to be two sets of sort of double stone doors okay and is it heading north into the mountain or is it it's heading south south so back under the river yeah okay and there's only one passageway with two double doors on at the end, is that right? Okay. That's correct. Um, so what does it smell like? Okay, as you as you sort of head down, there's a there's a strange sort of smell, an odd almost like sort of floral or like fruity smell. Like like sort of slightly overripe fruit. Okay. And how how um how damp is it the passageway is it like really damp or is it like kind of dry or like do i think that the river might fall on into it or anything like that is there any leaks it's, it's, it's a little bit damp but no more than you'd expect from like your your normal level of like condensation it, it doesn't feel like you know there's like a, a heavy amount of water in here or anything okay and then does the stonework look kind of like high quality? I thought I'm a stonemason. Yeah, it, but... it looks pretty high quality. The The floor is like laid flagstones. Some of them are a little bit cracked. Um, obviously, with your elven vision, you can see sort of far down the corridor. Like I say, it's all like obviously laid neat flagstones. There's a few cracks from age, but it's been largely sheltered down here compared to the level up above. Okay. So what I'd like to do is start moving forward kind of slowly, okay. testing each of the flagstones before I step on them fully, just to make sure that... No problem. No At this point, I'm going to see if I can drag you over to the, the map. Well, I think what I'll do is... I'll pull you all over to the map, although most of you might not be able to see anything, but uh, uh, let's see, pull the scene here. There we go. 
so I'm afraid it might just go dark for some of you but hopefully you should be able to see Malcolm when this loads up is why why am I heading over at the minute Weimar stuck at 90% loading and he doesn't know where he is. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I think... <clears throat> if, Use if the force. Like... Use the force, Weimar. <laughs> if it looks like people are going in, uh, he's going to... I'll be waving. Open. I'll be waving yeah, at him yeah. to come across. He's going to be uh, keeping a, you know, distance, maintaining distance and not being left behind. Okay. I will cover your advance. Okay, so what I think I want to do, John, is move off the middle. Okay. And and very slowly make my way up to about here, uh, putting pressure on each flagstone before I step on it fully. And then I'd like to examine the door on the left. Okay, you get to here you've had there's been no problems with the flagstones some of them are a bit cracked and irregular but nothing untoward however roll me a d6 uh one okay splendid as you get to where i've moved your token to you become aware of a slight sort of dripping sound and as you as you sort of look to your left towards the centre of the passageway, you can see what appeared to be a a few sort of drips coming down. At first you think, oh shit, it's, it's like the stream coming in. But then when you look, you can actually see these drips appear to be like a sort of orangey, like amber colour. Okay. Okay. Um. So if I take out a dagger and if I... Uh, put my dagger into these orange drips mm -hmm. um, can I kind of sniff it and see what it smells like or okay so you put your dagger in the orange drip and as you do so there is this <laughs> sound from up above you and as you will look up you see this like amorphous blob of what looks like orange goo basically sort of splatters down like drops off the ceiling towards you. Well, fuck. <clears throat> okay, so let me just check this. Okay, so roll me a d6. Four. Okay, you take four hit points of damage as this sort of orange goo like coats you and you hear a, a hissing and a sizzling as it starts to 
eat into your equipment, like your armor and your clothing, almost as though it were acid. Okay. Okay. Um... I don't know if you give any response to that that might alert your friends up above as to what's going on. Uh, no, because of the birds. But what I definitely want to do is start moving back towards the um, stairs. Okay, and just a quick question. Did you take Caroline down with you? No, I kind of left her up top. Okay, no problem. So move yourself to where you want to go. To here. <clears throat> okay, so you move yourself to there. Obviously, this like orange goo is stuck to you. So, oh, it, stuck it, to me, is it? Yeah, it's like adhered onto you. Okay, and is it like a monster that's attacking me, or is it like a goo? It, it's it's strange. I mean, obviously, you're trying to sort of see it from the inside because you're like covered in it. But at first, it looks like a, just like an orange sort of puddle of sludge, basically. But okay. as you're sort of like you're moving around and you're trying you're trying to like wipe it away from your eyes and get a but not having much look and trying to get a better look at it, you see occasionally the surface of it ripples and what almost looks like um like malformed or sort of partially formed like body parts seem to like form briefly out of the slime before like falling back into it. Okay. And I'll remove the token just so you can see yourself because we know it's we know it's on you. Okay, cool. Um Okay, so sorry, sorry, it's on me. Um so I think yeah, so what I want to do is go back upstairs and find a kind of make sure I don't no one comes near me, kind of tell everyone to stay away from me, and then I want to try and roll in the snow and see if I can get it to come off me, whatever this goo okay. is. No problems. Let's just move back to the to the ruins map. And I'm going to see if I can tint your token to, so that we know that you've got this on you. There we go. Okay, so to the rest of you are about, you see Harp go down the stone stairs. He's down there for like a minute or two, no longer than that. And then he comes sort of like running back up the stairs and he's like, coated in this like thick almost gelatinous layer of this like orange goo you can see like a few small like wisps of steam coming out where like it's eating into his his armor his equipment etc and eventually his flesh rather like acid so i, I think i want to come like over here and i want to start rolling in the snow trying to pull it off me okay not a problem so you start rolling in the snow. Unfortunately, that doesn't really seem to have any effect on it. Okay. Um, okay, so then I think I want to see how it reacts to fire. Okay. So I'd like to well, but before you do that, obviously you've been rolling around in the snow a bit. The rest of you guys have seen this. What are you guys doing? How do you respond to this? Is this something I've seen before? Is this a subterranean creature that has cropped up in mines and things? It's not a creature that you're familiar with. I assume that's the same for everyone. Okay. Mm. A rare, a rare situation. And again, as I described to Harp, 
you can all also you can get a better look at it because you're on the outside as he's rolling around occasionally you see like faces hands arms but but all sort of like very crudely formed like sort of half sculpted sort of briefly like rise to the surface of this orange goo and then they just like collapse back and seem to dissolve back into the goo almost as though the creature was trying to sort of like make itself into something but then was just like back into goo again clearly sorcery at work perhaps well i'm gonna try and move over and and see if i can assist with like a dagger trying to sort of cut it away or something try and okay you try and sort of cut it away with your dagger i mean obviously feel free to move yourself across to where harp is um, you try and cut it away with your dagger, but it's rather like sort of cutting jelly. You do cut it, but then as soon as your knife comes out, it's just like thup, back together again. Mm. Okay. Roll me another d6, please, Malcolm. Ooh, one. Okay, you take luckily since it seems to have been mainly sort of eating through your clothing rather than yourself you only take one hit point of damage okay okay so what i'd like to do now if it's okay is to uh, light a torch and try and burn it off okay yeah you light a torch uh, make an attack roll on it as as malcolm's doing and doing that i'm gonna suggest that maybe you could remove some of your clothing to make it you know easier to and less dangerous the torch to your own skin line well i guess i've dropped my weapons away so they don't get any more damage than they already are um, but it might remove some of it from you so only like i don't know Half okay. of it's on you or something, I don't know. As you're sort of applying your, like, burning torch to it, that does seem to be working. As you sort of hold the flame against it, this, like, this sludge sort of turns black and inert and begins to, like, slough off. There's still some of it on you, but you've, like, burnt, like, half of it away from okay. you. Well, I shall assist then if I see that seems to be working. Yep. Get a make... torch and light it and try yep. and help make, him as much as possible. Roll. Uh, I just roll a d20 for now. Yeah, that's fine. If anybody's got a torch, have you got another torch there, Brock? Yeah, yeah, I've got six torches. You've hit it. Roll me a d6. Okay. It's not difficult to hit it. The unfortunate thing is, obviously, oh, anyone? Well, that's quite lucky, really, because since you're effectively hitting it with fire and it's on Malcolm. Obviously, Malcolm doesn't have this problem because he's himself. Malcolm would take half the damage that you've done, which obviously is nothing in this case. You've only done it one hit point of damage, but you do like burn a small sort of segment of this creature off. Yeah, I mean, obviously, especially with that result, I'm trying to do it as sort of carefully and cautiously. That's it. You've just sort of like found like a a sort of edge bit that's like on the edge of his armor, and you just like singe that off with like a. And again, the the sort of goo appears to like almost sort of like crisp up and turn sort of black like burnt bread and then that segment of it just like falls off into the snow seemingly inert 
Cool. Can I try again to get the rest of it? You can indeed. However, since this is effectively a new round, you'll need to roll me a d6 first. Okay, take two hit points of damage from the, the acid. Okay, and then I will... Uh, ten. Yep, you burn away the rest of this this orange sludge, and now there's just like a pile of this charred sort of black mess next to you. Okay. <clears throat> I'll, I'll clean off any with the torch on any of the weapons that Malcolm dropped previously and just sort of clean up the situation yep, while no he's checking himself over. Okay. What, what a sort bizarre of, creature. What sort of state is he looking in now? In terms of his clothing and that. Well, it's, it's mostly sort of like surface damage, like a a bit of sort of like pitting on his leather and uh, any sort of metal stuff he's got. Like some of his uh, some of his furs will be looking a little bit threadbare, but it's mostly cosmetic damage, to be honest. Okay. No uh, concern survival-wise, or he's not exposed to the elements or anything like that. No, you think if it had been on him for like a good deal longer, that would have been an issue. But obviously, he got out fairly quickly, and you burnt it off fairly quickly. So it's just like, yeah, okay, he might want to replace some of his furs at some point, but they'll do for now. As long as you're not like caught in a blizzard or anything, he's going to be fine. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, indeed. Watch the ceilings when we go back down. Um. Mm. And with that, I will step back down the stairs. Uh, okay. And I suggest that someone goes with him this time. Anyone else going? <laughs> um, do we feel that we need to leave anyone up top to keep an eye on these creatures? Not really. They're not going to fly down the stairs, are they? I don't think so. But... Nah. So... No. No need to leave the bird food out. Okay, in which case... Is everyone in? Yeah, I'll move you all down. Just take me a moment to add your tokens on when it's loaded. Everyone into the acid caves. Every, everyone in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's everyone bring torches this time. Well, as I've got mine lit, I will have a good inspection of the ceiling as we walk down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've got a light, but I haven't, I haven't got torches. I've got a lantern, and I didn't think... I didn't think you'd appreciate me dousing you in napalm and setting light to it. No, probably not. <laughs> okay, so as I've described, you see this long flagstone corridor, and at the near the sort of end of it, on either side, are sets of twin stone doors. Obviously, like you say, now sort of forewarned, you're all sort of like keeping an eye out and looking up. You don't see on the ceilings any more of this like orange sludge. Okay, so I'll come up to where I was before, and then I guess I would want to examine the door from just much closer to it. Okay, it appears to be a set of fairly sort of thin, but like sturdy stone doors. There doesn't appear to be like a lock on them or anything. Okay, it looks like you could just 
push them open. Okay, and is there any light coming out through the door or any kind of um, keyhole or any? No, although as you're sort of like looking around the door, you notice that sort of like, as you're sort of like looking around like the crack at the bottom of the door and stuff like that, that that sort of sort of overripe fruit smell I was describing is like stronger nearer the door. Okay. And if I move across to the other side near Leo, do I get the same sense that? Okay. Which door do you want to open first, Leo? I'm just wondering about this overripe fruit smell. What is that conjuring up? Is this all undisturbed down here? Does it look like there's been any foot traffic or any... You can't see any signs of recent foot traffic now. No. Overripe fruit. But it's not a rotten smell, is it? It's quite a sweet... A sweet yeah, it's, it's very sort of sweet and sickly smelling. But it's not like it's rotten fruit or something that's been here for a long time. Could that be a dangerous gas? Do I know that to be a, like a mining gas or anything like that? It, it could be. However, given that that the staircase is open to like the elements above, you expect the chance of like there being like a gas build up here. Because obviously the doors aren't airtight, you expect the chance of there being like a gas build up is fairly low here. Okay. Um. Then. Uh... Let's advance, let's advance. Have you got a preference, Malcolm? Uh, no. They both smell the same. So. Obviously, you haven't heard anything from either direction, so. Well, maybe just go in where you're standing. Okay. So I'll push the door open, kind of. Relatively softly, and I'll give you some cover from here. Okay. So you push the door open, and you can see into a large stone chamber beyond. However, the the walls and much of this room appear to be encased in what looks like a sort of amber or orange-coloured crystal, which is indicated by the orange area on the map. And within that crystal, you can see what appeared to be a a large statue. And a number of sort of tables with various things on them. However, what strikes you is when you look at the the tables that are inside of the this orange layer of crystal, you can see that on the tables are like items of food, like there's like a chicken drumstick, uh, a fish, some vegetables, and they all appear to be perfectly preserved. Okay. A colonel gets everywhere, doesn't he? Jeez. That's it. Can't stop him. His finger licking good. If we're looking at these coins and the armaments, do they look modern? Modern is not the right word, but they look contemporary. contemporary. No, they look very old. Okay. However, since you're sort of, you guys said you were keeping an eye on the ceiling, in this chamber, you can see there's another one of these orange goo okay. sort of pools that appears to be like stuck to the ceiling. Okay. Hmm. It doesn't appear to be moving though, it's just like 
occasionally it's like slap almost like it's been plastered onto the ceiling and occasionally there's just like a little <laughs> drip did you say you had oil leo yes i have some lamp oil here should we throw some oil on this blob and set it alight It's on the ceiling. If you've, if you, if you, um, if you think you can do that, um, you can. I'll just toss you the flask. Hmm. I wonder what we actually want to do is try and get it to fall down, right? Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to be a little bit tricky trying to get that. Uh, get your napalm um, on the ceiling there. Have you got oh. something you could tempt it with? Tempt it down. Maybe it's not clever enough to realise. How tall is the ceiling? The ceiling is about 20 feet. Okay, would, so would, would you think tall. would you think um made it attack you, Malcolm? If in fact it attacked you. I mean it seems like it was coming to life. It it had almost like a yeah. Uh, uh, well, a personality, so to speak, a kind of a conscience. Uh, so here's an idea. I could light an arrow, dip it in some oil, set it alight, and shoot the creature and see if the fire did it damage and if that caused it to drop onto the floor. Yeah. You could. Yeah, so if it's okay, John, I think I'll try that. I'll try and shoot it with a burning arrow. Yep, make an attack roll. Okay. That's that 15. Yep, that's absolutely fine. So you hit a small exposed portion of the the orange slime with your burning arrow and a small part of it again crisps and goes black and drops down there's like a, a sort of hissing noise almost like an, an expellation of air or gas from this thing and indeed it goes okay and drops down onto the floor okay did we get a bunch more of that rotten fruit smell when we open this door is that coming emanating from somewhere else the the rotten fruit smell seem the sort of well it's not rotten fruit but the sickly um, sweet smell overripe appears overripe. to be coming from the orange crystal huh. okay so what i think i want to do is come over here and hit this thing with my torch now that it's on the floor and try and okay, finish it off Oh, somehow I managed to miss it. No, that's fine. You still hit it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you hit this creature, and again, another portion of it turns black and falls inert. However, in response, it literally like flows over you, engulfing you. Roll me a d6. Yeah, uh, five. You take five hit points of damage as this acid starts eating into you. What are the rest of you guys doing? <laughs> my, saving me, saving, saving me. my. <laughs> it's like, oh no! <laughs> what is he? <laughs> 
No, enough, enough with the jelly stuff, man. <laughs> what is it? What is up with him? Can I? You can't get enough of it. Hook in. Drag him back out. Yep, you you throw your grappling hook in, and you indeed pull <laughs> Malcolm towards you. However, because he's coated in this slime, it, it goes with him because he's he's covered in it, and yep. it's like stuck yeah, to him. Uh, again, I'll remove the token just so it's we we know it's on Malcolm. So yeah, yeah. Has he still got his torch going? Have you still got your torch going, Malcolm? I do. Leo's waving to the group. Bring, bring the torches! Bring your torches! Malcolm's got himself in a pickle again. The last time I was, I was potentially injuring. Uh, no, don't Malcolm. worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Brock, you move up alongside. Why am I? You see, it's just like winched in. Malcolm effectively is like covered in this orange goo that's eaten away at his clothes and his flesh. Yeah. And I, I, I'll ask Malcolm, do you want me to try and burn it off as I'm yes, waving please. the torch towards him? Okay, uh, so you ask him if you wanted to burn it off, and from inside the goo, you hear, woof, woof. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll try and attack it with this torch I got lit then. Okay, yeah, you've hit. Uh, D6, wasn't it? That's right. Five. Yes. Okay, so you take two hit points of damage from that, Malcolm. And you've nearly burnt the thing off. There's just like a tiny patch left on Malcolm. Is there anyone else who's not gone who wants to do anything? Obviously, you've got your hirelings as well, don't forget. Ah, sure. Carmike can have a go. Try and get rid of it. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Uh, Hits. Four points of damage. Okay, so you take two hit points of damage. However, that does burn off the remainder of the creature. And again, you're left standing there with like these charred, sort of almost rubbery, like inert bits of this burnt creature lying around you. Okay. I told you that was a terrible idea, Leo. I don't know why you made me do that. It's a little bit more uh, maneuverable than you expected. Hey, maybe we're going to look into that room later. <laughs> do you think it's got something to do with this crystal? Have I seen this crystal before, John, in my travels? It doesn't look familiar to you, now. Is the crystal and the goo the same orange colour that we think they're related? Or... The, the crystal is slightly lighter in coloration than the goo. However, they are a very similar colour. Okay. However, yeah. Brock, you can roll me a d6. Okay. I think there's a relationship. Mm. Four. Brock, you vaguely remember sort of hearing like ancient stories about sort of ancient sites that were sort of like preserved against the ravages of time, but you don't know if it's connected to this. But who would I... Well... Do I know who would have preserved them or how? Well, is it some you, sort of you know, dark from, magic or obviously these are like the old legends that like your your sort of tribal elders would have told you. And you know that it's believed to be that um, 
some of the ancient mages like preserved their the senna as they were known like the ancient Marcona mages the ones that are reputed to have like brought the great ice age down had strange ways of preserving their their materials their places of power against the ravages of time oh without i'm gonna back off from that uh, that that looks like it could be some foul magic my people were rumored people have preserved items no i don't want anything to do with that and he's going to back off um can i touch the crystal with a gloved hand to see if it's soft or hard you touch the crystal and it seems solid it's hard um you obviously you're touching it with a gloved hand you don't take any harm from touching the crystal or anything like that but in the area you're in, just beyond the sort of surface of it, you can see this statue that appears to show a nude, attractive, androgynous person. It's obviously of elven descent. However, they have like sort of slightly animal-like features and horns. And on the base of the statue, in elven, is carved the folly of the Senna. Oh. How tall is the statue? The statue would be quite tall, however, the person is like crouched down. It's about three times the size of a normal person. So if it was stood up, it would be massive. But like I say, it's sort of like crouched down as though like kneeling, maybe in prayer or contemplation. But it also has like a, because of these animal like features and these horns. It also reminds you a bit of like you know like a predator sort of getting ready to spring. Okay. But you can't really make out make out all of the details because it's like under these layers of orange crystal. Looking at all the stone and um, like just the general handiwork of the the construction of the place, does that seem consistent with the the statue? Does this look like? Yeah, very much so, and the the workmanship is extremely fine down here. I mean, luckily, like I say, most of it down here has been sheltered from the elements. So even though there's like a few cracks on the cobbles and whatever, you can see that like the walls are good and sturdy and solidly constructed. Uh, it looks as though like either someone was a very fine craftsmanship, or they paid someone a pretty penny to like mm-hmm. have this constructed. And presumably, before it sort of fell into rubble and dereliction, the the upstairs building was equally as magnificent. Yeah, right. Mm. Okay. Uh, and if I look over here at this kind of treasure trove, for want of a better expression, how big does that look? Is it. Okay. As you're looking at it, you can see it's a, it's a large sort of working table or workbench, effectively. There is a, a large pile of silver coins on the table. And there is a slightly smaller pile of gold coins on the table, but it is all encased with this orange crystal. Okay. And if I'm looking at the weapons, do any of them look like particularly fine, or are they just kind of rusted? And Well, they all look to have been perfectly preserved. None of them look to be anything particularly special. However, there is, with the exception of there is a single sword with a sort of striking like dark blue pommel, which appears okay. to be like slightly more ornamental than the the rest of the sort of which is your average everyday weapons. Okay. And you can see as you as you sort of peer at it, you can just about make out that sort of 
sort of etched onto the blade uh, you think probably an elven or it's like a word or two but you can't really make it out because of the the distortion and the color of the crystals okay okay mm. uh should we check the other room well it might be an idea to find out what's in there so that we can make a more informed decision about this this area maybe yeah okay so who's heading over there uh, i'll open the door again so brock's a bit freaked out by this stuff in crystal then uh, malcolm grab this hook oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah brock's brock's uh you can definitely tell that he's pretty nervy but he's 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 trying to cover it up, but he's not very good at it. He's uh, quite anxious, so he's backed up the corridor. He's still keeping an eye on people and what's happening, but he doesn't seem keen to go near that that room. Mm. Okay, so Malcolm, as you push the stone doors open, obviously you like look up at the ceiling, taking all you, but you can't see any sign of more of this like orange goo. Again, in this room, you can see most of it appears to be coated in a similar orange crystal. You can see what appears to be a like a leather armchair, a, a work desk with some sort of book on it. There's a, another desk directly opposite you, which appears to have like a pile of gems on a work table. There's what looks to be some sort of globe over here, and sort of pinned to the wall is what appears to be like a large sort of table at like a 45 degree angle with some sort of map on it. Okay. All of it, in, all of it, perfectly preserved and encased in this sort of amber orange crystal. Okay. So if I walk over, can I and I look at the table? Can I see what the book is, or can I read any of it? Or you can't really make out the words because of the like, the distortion of the crystal. Okay. But again, so like everything else, it looks perfectly preserved. It could have just been left there yesterday. Um. So because of the success I've had with the goo, I'd like to try and hold the torch up to the crystal and see what happens. Okay, that's absolutely fine. You hold a torch up to the crystal and it doesn't appear to have any effect. Okay. Mm. And if I try and walk through the crystal or push into the crystal, does it do anything? It, it doesn't yield, it feels solid as you try okay. to push on it. Hmm. Um. And then, did, I don't know if this is a just the map thing or whether some of those crystals are available to pull out of the crystal. The gems? No, they're not. They're inside the crystal. Okay, they're fully inside. Okay. Um. So there was some elven script on this statue. Yes, there was. Was it legible? Yeah. Because it's like quite near to the edge of the the crystal, so there's not as much distortion, and the text is bigger. Did you try reading this yet, Malcolm? I did. It said the folly of the Senna. Oh yeah, the folly of the Senna. Wonder what that is. What is the folly of the Senna? 
Any theories? I suspect that it's a creature that they made. Mm. And perhaps tied to the creature that haunted them and their down caused their downfall. Do you think that cre- that creature is the folly of the sinner then? The, the creature represented in the carving? I think so. I think it would make sense that that was the plaque on the statue and it was yeah. a, you know, a statue designed to remind whoever lived here of the mistakes that the Senna had made. Um, mm. you, 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 mm. You've not heard of the folly of the Senna? No. Is it, isn't folly another word for a building, though, as well? Or well... It's an act, yeah, kind kind of thing. It's like a, uh, uh, it's a building that's done. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, fr- frivolously, it's a, like a frivolous building. Yeah, a, a folly is basically a building that's built just for the point of having the building. It doesn't have any purpose beyond that, like a practical purpose. Yeah. Any thoughts for how we might get through this crystal? This book might give us an awful lot of information about the folly of the center. Yeah, I mean, I could have a go at it with a pickaxe, but I was trying to avoid that. Mm. How high does it go, John? All the way up to the ceiling. Okay, so it's the whole way, 20 feet, okay. And you can't you can't see anything. It's it, it's 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 obscuring the yeah, uh, view yeah, of the. You, you can sort of make out the general shape of things, but unless mm. something's particularly big like the statue, because it's multiple layers of crystal, it's difficult to make out precise details. Yeah, so uh, I, th- I think the book is the. Yeah, Weimar. Do you want to ask your sword if it has come across this crystal before or has any knowledge of this encasement? Mm. Well, ask it about the folly of the sinner. Ah, that yeah, too. So, hand on the, the hill. Okay. Does any of this jelly or these crystals mean anything to you? Is this, is this something that is familiar? And as Weimar says that, again, as the sword speaks through him, obviously all you guys hear the sword's voice coming out of Weimar's mouth. And he says, well, I I can't claim to know anything about that girl or these uh, these creatures, but uh, obviously the, the Senna were the um, the mages that ruled uh, ancient Valconan before the... Uh, and they were the ones who were blamed for bringing the, the, the Great Ice Age down on the world. Uh, I've heard the phrase folly of the center, but I've always heard it referred to as the, the, the bringing of the Ice Age rather than any sort of beast. I'm afraid I don't really know what this crystal is, though. And there we have it. Mm. Uh, can I try a bit of water from the water skin and see if that has any impact on it? Yep, you splash some water on it. It's of no effect whatsoever. Weimar, can you roll me a d6? Oh, nice. 
Okay, so obviously you notice as you take the sun sword out, obviously we know it, it sheds sunlight, hence it's the sun sword. You notice that sort of some of the, a bit of the crystal that's sort of like nearest to you, so sort of like here, see as the sort of like the sunlight coming from the sword hits it, the crystal appears to just like dissolve and like melt away to nothing. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. What? Uh, I'll, I'll hold it out and sort of like step in. Yep, you you unsheath the sun sword. It sheds this this sunlight in a, a wide area, and as you do so, the there's a, a slight sort of like like hissing noise, and the the crystal starts to just like almost like evaporate as you stand there. Hey. Uh, good thing, bad thing. Any, <laughs> any opinions? I bring it over here so we see what's in this book. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. You can certainly do that. And as you stand there for several minutes, the the rest of this crystal, once exposed to sunlight, melts away. And as you move over Harp to look at the book, you can see that it's, again, written in Elvish. Most of it's very well preserved. Like I say, it could have been left here yesterday. Most of the text is bizarre, arcane formula and sort of gushing praises to the power and wisdom of the golden age of the Senna. Obviously, none of the arcane stuff means anything to you. However, it's just sort of like flipping through it. Later, the book takes a noticeably dark turn, and the final entry reads, How could we have possibly known? We knew that the creature below the ice could not be allowed to wake unless it serve as an entryway to the children of the first world. My superiors believed that what they were doing was right, but they couldn't have predicted the cataclysmic consequences for the rest of Valconan. Myself and my apprentice have been working with the other Senna to try and find a way to protect the inhabitants from the coming winter until the enchantment passes. I know there are others working on different plans. I've heard that the Druin intend to seal off a portion of Valconan and shunt it to another place where winter will be banished, but that seems like purest folly. There are even rumours that some of our Brotherhood have turned to the Firstborn to protect themselves from the catastrophe, but surely that must be just rumour. I have been in touch with some of our brethren on the Southern Island outpost. Decadent though those Sipopa addicts may be, there is no denying that their drug does have startling magical properties. I have arranged to have some shipped over to me in the hope that myself and my apprentice can fathom a way out of this mess. And the final line reads, already people are talking of abandoning our home. Okay. So I'll put that into my bag for our sage yeah no problems and um, and i guess i will have a look at the map okay so you head over to have a look at the map and it appears to be a map showing the northern and southern parts of valconan most of the the sort of like the villages and obviously like more modern sort of occurrences aren't on there however you recognize like the mountain ranges the rivers the coastline shape etc okay. it also appears to mark the location of three center sort of places of power or strongholds on it so 
what I'm going to suggest is I'm briefly going to shunt us onto a, another map. Now this might take me a couple of moments, so bear with me. Okay, so I'm going to move you all over to this map. And you can see what appears to be a map of the area immediately to the north of the map that you're currently exploring. It shows the, the great glacier, sort of here stretching around you can see a couple of mountain ranges there's mountains within the great glacier and you can also see a coniferous forest now as i've said there are three center places of power noted on this map so I'm sorry i can't see it can anyone else see it oh let me see no. if i can darkness let me see if i can there's something wrong with the config let me just see if i can change that I'll bring the sun sword closer. That's <laughs> it. It's not working. Ah, there. Okay, hopefully you guys can see that now. Yeah. Now, obviously, on this on this sort of ancient map, you wouldn't be able to see like the two forts, which are sort of modern inventions. However, you guys pretty much know where they are in relation to where you've been exploring, so you can sort of like work out where they are on the map. Now, as I've said, there are three center places of power that are sort of marked on the map, and I'm going to ask you guys to decide where these places of power are. Entirely up to you guys. So anywhere on this particular yep, map? anywhere on this map. Although I will say if you wish you can put two on this map and one on the southern map which is the area you're exploring at the minute and when you go back to that sort of main map the rest of that map will now be revealed because you've actually got like a big map of the whole area. I was going to say, um, wait, these forts are, let me zoom in. Uh, so Fort Hawk and Fort Eblis. Okay, so these are, diff these are 
like ports number three and four. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so if if we can toss one on the other map, uh, how do you guys feel about either in Fort Eastburn or uh, the um, uh, Witch Isle for the Senna Pleasure Power? Now, obviously, I would suggest you put it somewhere you've not been because obviously you've yeah. not noticed it. Yeah, I, uh, I was thinking like a buried site. Yeah, that, that's uh, fine. Either of those. Well, I, I wonder would you put one in one of these two forts, or you know, yeah. this fort is built in the you know on top of you know, the way they yeah. built all the cities on top of previous also cities. Also, good option. Like yeah. um, wouldn't, I, wouldn't I have noticed it though? I guess depends on what these places are because we don't know really. No, we don't know why the fort's yeah. there. Because yeah. it might be just a oh, there's a cairn, and they're like, well, it's a stone. <laughs> yeah. They don't I, know. I, I was going to say the first place that sprung to mind is like, I imagine these guys having a place like an observatory up on top of one of these mountains where they can view the heavens and sort of get closer to the mysteries of the universe. So I was thinking they'd probably have something out on like the biggest mountain um just because that seems like a a scholarly scholarly wizardy thing to do but beyond that okay so the suggestions sort of like hairish on one of the big mountains yeah that's kind of what i was thinking that's that's the first thing that just entered my head when i saw them presented like that Okay, that's fine. So what I'll do is I'm just going to draw a very quick sort of X. Obviously, I'll put a proper thing on there later on, but I'm just going to draw like a. I'm getting one. Of the, I'm getting that sort of planetarium vibe going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like out of the dark crystal. It's a, it's a giant orrery in the yeah in the yeah yeah. Top. Yeah. Well, like Ogre in the dark crystal. That's it. Yeah. There we go. I've put a red X on there. So you've got one more to place on this map, and you can put one on the southern map. I kind of like wanna... the idea of it being under the fort or under a fort. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling like having one somewhere in the vicinity of one of these forts. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. So are we feeling that on this map or the, the other one? You're basically saying the fort was put there to protect a site, or...? Potentially. It could have just I been built on the ruins of. Yeah, well, yeah, the ruins of probably, I'm thinking, because these are old, very old things that would probably have been deserted and broken anyway. So it would be a newer construction. So they rebuilt on top of it almost. Yeah. 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 And it feels like the most northerly one. Yeah. 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 So that would be what, Iblis here? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. For Iblis, okay. So maybe they had like their whatever their structures is. Maybe there's like a tower ruin remnant that they uh, took as oh this this looks like a fort site. Okay, uh, so you've got one that. to put on the um, the main map that you guys have been exploring. So I'm just going to move you over to there. Cue the atmospheric music. Oh, it's <laughs> it's looking highly unusual for me. Right, it's looking yeah, it's like. 
It's like there's only six or seven hexes. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Don't worry about it. I'm about to clear all of that off anyway. Oh, okay. It's funny though, there's seven seemingly random hexes, but you can still see the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> you can always see the dragon. Okay, so the you've now effectively got a map of the whole area that you're exploring, so hopefully you should be able to see all of it now. Right. Um, the treasure map was up here somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so do you think these things would have been roughly equally spread out for some reason or what other significant reason would they be at a location other than the fort one we've already discovered um, you think they'd be like in a triangle sort of do you know what I mean a sort of equally or roughly equally spread that would put the uh, the third one somewhere here in the glacier, I guess. Is there any reason would that make sense? I don't. I'm not sure. What do you think about like a like like a foresty type? You know, like a living tree or something kind of over here in the west. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's about as far as I go. Um, so, uh, do we know the, what the deal with the Druun is? Like, are they Senna or are they a competing? It, it it would seem there's some sort of, from what you've read, it would seem that they're like a faction of the Senna, but also yeah. you don't really know anything more about them right okay so well maybe we're, we're gonna run with what, what rob is saying and there's like a different faction of the senna who uh maybe they had like a world tree <laughs> going on in the west that's fine so like we'll... some giant incredibly like vital tree mm -hmm. yeah no problem so we'll put one there over in the, life the western forest and like i said obviously i'll um I'll put sort of proper icons for these on the the map ready for next session. But that's what you guys see on the map, so I'm going to return you to the, the basement map. Okay. Yeah. Is the globe the same, is it? Is it the same map, basically? Or? The, the globe is basically the same map. However, it does show other land masses. You know that one of them is Rohaline, obviously where you all come from. And then further to the south of Rohaline, there are some other land masses that you don't recognise. Okay. I'd say that globe's got to be valuable, man. Yeah, I think so. Is it big, John? Like, oh, we have a wagon. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll just... I mean, like one person could carry it. I mean, you're not going to be running while you're carrying it, but you yeah, can yeah. easily carry it to your wagon. Okay. Cool. And then, do we want to just grab up these gems, Weimar, and then you might help me get this shiny sword with the elven script on it? Yeah, what's on the what's on the table? Mm. Okay. So I'm just writing down all the, the stuff you've already yeah. liked. Okay. So, on I think Leopold's going to have a little sit in that chair. It's quite. 
it's actually well comfortable. Yeah, it's, he's it's gonna like, sit down. It's like a comfy like reclining like leather armchair. It it looks a bit battered, but again it's well preserved, but it's obviously been like used a lot. But yeah, it's very comfortable. It's even got the ass groove of the previous occupant. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, oh that that adds that adds so much. That's that groove. That's yeah, it. I'm gonna I'm gonna bust out my pipe. I'm gonna bust out my pipe and I'm gonna Yeah, so the smell yeah. of old Dobie wafts up into the air. We could probably take the chair and get a good price for it at one of the forts. Well, I'm taking a liking to this chair, so I'm in favour of that idea, I think. Yeah, we'll, if you, we'll see about that. You guys have got a cart if you want to take the chair. Yeah. It's proper, comfortable, Weimar. I can tell you, we don't want to be leaving this bad boy behind. Yeah, and we need to be paying the sage. And yes. That, that's yeah. going to take a couple of chairs. A couple so of chairs, <laughs> yeah. yeah. This old dusty-ass book and a globe should see us right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can so... see him being all about a dusty, dusty ass globe and chair. Yeah, we're, we're gonna start a furniture business. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as you're looking on the table, you can see there is a pile of gems on there, five gems to be precise. There are there is an eye agate and some brown jasper, each of which is worth fifty gold pieces. There is a piece of green moss agate, which is worth 100 gold pieces, which has this sort of like, has this sort of like mossy green look to it, hence the name. There are also is a piece of white jade and a black jet, both of which are worth 500 gold pieces. Whoosh. I've won a total, so. Is that right? Yeah. Nice. Okay. So is is there uh, equipment like it is on graphic or is it uh, the gems mainly on the table? I it's just the gems on the table really. Yep. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, um, everyone, I'll take a quick look in the other room. <clears throat> Hold out the sword. Walk. Walk in. Sword forward. Yep, no problem. As the sword sheds sunlight, again the the orange crystal melts away at the touch of the sunlight. Okay. Can I see what the script on the blade says? You now most certainly can. And as you look at this blue pommeled blade, you can see it is has the elven word for it's, it's the elven word that means like respect or honouring. It sort of does double okay. duty, but it's like in sort of fanciful, like curled script, like acid etched into the blade. Okay. Um, and if I pick it up, is it is it finely made and does it look elvish it's in it's nature? It's very finely made and it does look to be elvish in nature. Okay. Uh, Cool. So I think I'll take that if nobody minds and uh, see what it, how it works. Since my own is covered in acid goo. Indeed. And I will put that on your, since I've got a thing for that, I'll put that on your carrot sheet. There we go. The Sword of Respect has now been added to your current sheet. Okay. 
Is that respect with a K? No, it's R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to me. Just a little bit. Okay, obviously you can see the statue in more detail and on the the table that have the coins on you see there is a pile of 800 silver coins and a smaller pile of 100 gold coins. Couple of days wages for the uh, sage. Yeah. Saying, that'll get him a brunch. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll get him out of bed. Yeah. He, he don't get out of bed for less than 100 GP, man. <laughs> I mean, we, we're in the wrong business, guys. <laughs> we, need, we need to get smart and just, you know. Get that mithril out of the river. Also, um, Malcolm, if you'd like to roll me 1d6. Three. Okay. You also find, as I mentioned, there's perfectly preserved food here. There is three days' worth of rations on the sort of two tables to the south of you. Various vegetables, okay. fresh fish, chicken. You know, delicate mix of 11 herbs and spices on it. Okay, nice. Is it in like a little bucket? <laughs> yeah, in a little cardboard bucket. You, you hear in the distance some marching band music. Military wafting. That's the air. Uh, I say it's got it's got some Uncle Sans sauce on it. <laughs> okay. I think we start moving out the gear at this point yeah lifting out the chair okay so just to make sure i've the got globe. this correct you've you've taken the santa book the map the globe the chair the gems the sword and the money yeah i think so i think that i think the desk might be a bit too much <laughs> so leopold like oh i've always fancied a nice writing desk yeah, I was just going to draw the line at Get the Get it on though. the fucking wagon. <laughs> okay. Where is the wagon? Just I'm guessing we left it just across the river. Yeah, basically. Yeah. You wouldn't have taken the wagon across the, um, the stream. No. Nah. But yeah, we are going to try and bring the chair over it. That's on your chair, that's all right. <clears throat> that's right it's probably flat pack just need one of them little allen wrenches and we'll uh, break it down <laughs> no it, <clears throat> Ikea chairs now like ancient <laughs> ancient technology yeah that's it the knowledge of the ancients back in those days of old when they knew how to make flat pack furniture I see Ikea now they made a little lamp in the design of their their you know their allen key their little soft mm. s-shaped allen key they've they've immortalized it now as a lamp that you can get an ikea lamp to mark the anniversary of that little allen wrench 
There you go. Little snippet of useless information for you. Okay, so what's the plan, guys? We're going to grab the chair and head out. Okay, let's move back onto the other map then. It's not a problem getting the stuff out. Okay. So then I guess we just kind of head back across and... Yep, you've got the rope set up. Again, there's a bit of coring from the Archaeopteryx, but they don't... Uh, they don't attack you or anything like that. And you make your way back to where your wagon is. So I'll move us back onto the, the world map. Those Archaeopteryx, they're like them dinosaur birds, aren't they? Yes. Or like, yeah. The colourful, well, they're portrayed as colourful. Yeah, they're the ones. Sort of halfway between bird and dinosaur. Yeah, getting on for a chicken. Yeah. Okay. So you return back to your wagon, laden down with all the stuff you bought out of the, the sort of center basement, like chairs, globes, etc. So obviously with the help of your hirelings you, you load it all up onto the wagon, it's not a problem. Obviously your teamsters have been like waiting with the wagon. And then I think we're just gonna head on the next three miles and see if we can reach the end of the the river and find a mitral. Okay. You get to the end of the stream. So the heading up into the, the sort of heights of the, the mountains and then it disappears underground along the way obviously you've been picking up bits of mithril as you've been sort of like moving along the way like Leopold's been sort of keeping a, a careful sort of eye on the old um, mithril stakes with all the bits and pieces you've managed to like collect as you've been moving along you would estimate you've managed to get about a quarter of a pound's worth of mithril now you reckon Leopold with your sort of knowledge of metalworking and stuff that's worth like a good 600 odd coins of anyone's money easy mm. like in its unrefined state nice yeah i'll relay this information to the group yes it's uh this is proving to be quite productive when we reached the end of the river was there any sign in the vein no no but like i say the the stream sort of disappeared underground so And you're you're pondering this uh, this matter and how you might go about extracting the more of the minerals when you hear from from further up the mountain you hear the unmistakable crack of a black powder firearm being discharged. Okay. Did our friend have a black powder pistol? The, the dwarf you met previously. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yep. Okay. I think our, our mate might be in trouble. Should we go and help him? Can we estimate how far it was? 
it's it's probably going to take you about maybe half an hour if you move quickly to get there to roughly where you think it came from but it's difficult to know exactly because the sound echoes around the mountains uh we we probably should investigate because if nothing else it it could represent a threat to us as well yeah I mean, Agreed. he weren't exactly the most helpful fellow, but... No, well, we, 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 we work together. Wanna, yeah, yeah, wouldn't want to see him come. But uh, hopefully we can get there in time. Okay, so you run in the direction... Well, you drive your car as quickly as you can in the direction of the firing. Can Darren, can you please make me a D6 roll? Yep. That would be a two. Okay, no problem. So you you travel roughly in the direction you think the sound was coming from, and eventually in the distance you spot what appears to be smoke rising from like, just beyond the rise of the mountain ridge that you're travelling through. So black smoke, and you can smell like the faint smell of like burning wood. Is that a sizable fire from the amount of smoke? Yeah, it must be a fairly substantial fire. Okay. Well, um, I'm going to sort of run ahead if if the wagon ain't going fast enough, just to get a, a quick... Yeah, I mean, obviously the wagon's having to like pick its way around stuff, whereas if you're on foot, you can move fairly quicker, especially with your knowledge. So you jump off the, the wagon, go into a bit of a sprint, and as you run round the next rise you see what appears to be the remnants of Krosnon's wagon on fire, thick black smoke billowing up into the air. You can see his horse, Betsy, lying dead on the ground with like, arrows sticking out of it. And you can see Krosnon, like, a couple of arrows sticking out of him, like blood stained down the front of his uh, vestments. He's sort of like slumped with his head down, his beard covered in blood. And you can see he's like... In one hand, he's like holding this black powder pistol. Can I see anyone else? I'm going to scan the local sort of area, looking for anyone that potentially could be hiding or. Okay, make me maybe a hunting roll. Uh, oh, hunting. Oh, my character's disappeared. That was handy. Um, okay. one okay as you're looking around you think you see maybe two or three sort of like roughly human sized figures but they're just sort of like dark shapes against the the snow of the mountains sort of like dis like disappearing over a nearby ridge um so they they look like they're leaving they're not just looking like they're looking for cover or trying to hide or Diff difficult to tell at this distance but you think yeah it seems like they're leaving okay well I'm going to cautiously approach keeping a you know a, a good beady eye on that, that general direction to make sure they, they keep moving in the opposite way okay so you, are you moving towards them are you moving towards no, I'm, I'm moving towards the scene of, of the crime as it were but I just want to focus my attention as I'm moving up Okay, so don't turn around. Yeah, that's fine. So as you move closer, 
there's a bit of a cough from Crosnan and he's sort of like you see like one of his eyes is like covered in blood and sort of like sealed shut he's sort of like almost like drunkenly like swings his black powder firearm towards you and then when he like and he's like ah you'll not take me you that and then he sort of his eye widens as he sees it's you and like the strength go obviously he recognises you the sort of strength goes out of his arm and his hand just like falls like limply by his side still like clutching this pistol and he lets out a, a racking, pained cough that rattles in his chest. Okay. Um, with that, then I, thinking that he was already dead uh, at this point, I'm going to rush over and see if there's anything I can do for him. Um, I haven't really got any particular skills, but he's he's to the point where like he's not going to heal naturally. He would need some form of sort of applied healing to like, help him recover. You can see that he's got like at least three arrows sort of sticking out, and you expect one of them's maybe like punctured a lung, given the sort of rattling wheeze that's coming out as he's breathing. Okay, well, I'm going to just try and comfort, you know, make him as comfortable as possible while I wait for the others and just scan in the area in case these guys are going to return or they're just trying to lure someone in or ambush. Okay, no problems. One thing that does strike your notice is obviously you're like you're helping Crosnon to sit up and you're sort of comforting him. You notice that the arrows that are sticking out him are like very sort of like slender and like finely crafted. And is that something I've seen before? Or um, you don't know for sure, but given you've been knocking around with like Malcolm for a bit, you'd almost say they looked elven. Yeah, my suspicions are true. Yeah, okay. At which point, the rest of you guys who are sort of following up behind, can, I'm going to ask, uh, Johannes, can you please make me a roll to see whether you guys get there before Krosnan dies? D6, anything but a 1. Or Yeah, okay, so you guys come like rumbling around the corner in your cart. You see this scene as I've described it, the wagon burning, the horse is dead with these arrows sticking out of it. You can see that Brock is sort of like helping Crosnon with his arrows sticking out and sit up and he's trying to like make him comfortable, but Crosnon does not look like he is along for this world. He's got three arrows sticking out of his chest. Um <clears throat> so seeing that the arrows are potentially elven, I'd like to jump down and ask Crosnan what he saw of the people who attacked him. He says, he, he coughs, and again you have this rattle in his chest, and he says, I, 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 I don't know who they were. They, they, they seem to just uh, appear out of the, the mountain shadows. They, uh, they, uh, and, and you see like a like a tear roll down his good eyes. He sort of like gestures over at his dead horses. They, uh, they, they, they shot Betsy and set set fire to the wagon. Uh, I try. I tried to scare them off with this, and he sort of like feebly attempts to like raise up his pistol, but uh, they, they 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 got me. And he sort of like looks down, and he he does that bit where he like snaps off one of the arrows that's in his chest and sort of throws it on the ground, and he gives that a cough. You see a little bit of blood run out the corner of his mouth into his beard. I'm gonna I'm gonna light up my pipe, John, because it's not long. I don't think there's long left for him, so I'm gonna get him a get him a pipe and give him a pipe. 
just to sort of settle his nerves a bit. You give him the pipe and he take. He, he sort of like he just nods at. You. Obviously, you know, Kalna dwarves a few words. He just sort of nods at you, and he sort of like he tries to reach up for the pipe. He's like he's all got like no strength left in his limbs. Yeah, I'll pipe. just hold it for him. I hold it for him. You, you hold it. You hold it uh, close to his mouth, and he takes like a long drag. Then he sort of breathes out. That ends in like a rattling cough, and he's like, "Oh, old Dobie, old Dobie, finest weed in South Carolina." He nodded off. <laughs> yeah, old old Dobie is no joke, <laughs> and he is indeed passed out probably from the shock of like his body basically shutting down he's he's probably got like a couple of minutes if that before he's dead so Leopold uh, I know you probably have some thoughts on this but I suggest we're not going to dig a grave here if this is an ambush territory so no no I think we <clears throat> I think we should lift him onto the wagon and, and take him away from here. So oh. I'll I'll start getting on that. So just yeah. Well, I'll, I'll help. Yeah, yeah. Take it. We haven't got anything for uh, any sort of healing. No. Nah. Herbs or otherwise. Have we used them with the roper? Yep. Um. Can I, these... you, do, you do have one bit of healing that you may have forgotten about. Oh, we have the Ring of Regeneration. We should put the Ring of Regeneration on. I, I suppose we'll, we'll take the body, we'll put the ring on the body, put the body on the wagon, and mm -hmm. see what happens. Yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah. You, you slide the ring onto one of Krosnan's pudgy fingers. Um, it seems to like slightly alter in size to like fit perfectly on this finger. And you, you put him on the back of the wagon nothing appears to happen then like a few minutes later you hear a <laughs> from in the wagon oh we've got a live one <laughs> and, okay. and you, you see like Krosnan like sits sort of like bolt upright and he's like <coughs> so like coughing as he splutters to like taking a breath okay so I suggest we round up the rest of his things as much as we can and put them on the wagon too Um. Do we feel like we should follow these creatures and find out more about them? Well, I think there's a score to settle myself. Uh, how many figures did I see? John, was it three? Three. Yeah. I'll obviously inform that to the others. Why don't um, we... Yeah, why don't we have the... Yeah, sure, I think we should follow them. Yeah, I'm all for tracking them down. Whilst we've got a lead on them, we don't want them coming out and jumping us or some other unwary, tra uh, unwary traveller, some uh, fellow prospector trying to earn an honest living. If not mistaken, these arrows look elven to me. Yeah, me too. Hmm. Be unusual for the wall to have attacked 
the calendar like this. Well, in my experience, you get wrong ones in all, all types. True. From the distance I saw them, John, could I tell, you know, if they had sort of backpacks and heavy clothing and or sort of more short distance sort of you couldn't really tell literally all you could no. see was sort of like three shadows in the distance okay but there's one way be... to find out brock you get them and you grab them up by the by the throat and you have a good look at them face to face and then you give them a few digs and that'll settle the matter well while they're loading the body and helping i'm gonna go and try and find the tracks that I'm expecting to find where I last saw them. Okay. So I'll go lose, with them. So I don't help. lose a scent sort of thing. Yeah, that is absolutely fine. No worries at all. So, do you have any particular tracking ability or anything of that nature? Uh, I would probably have to uh, call on I definitely do that. anyway. I was just gonna, you know, make sure that I don't forget where they were because when you look at a load of trees, yep. you sort of oh, hang on, wasn't it that? And, uh, I'm sure it was that. Oh, bloody hell, which tree was it? Okay. So, wanna... so, Malcolm, if you'd like to make a tracking roll since you're assisting, I'll try and help as much as possible yeah, pointing yeah. out. Well, yeah, because if it hadn't been for you, like, he wouldn't have been able to make a tracking roll because oh, okay. he wouldn't have seen them. Mm. I've got Shane Filan in the other room blasting out. Can't you have a word with him there, Rob? Shout out the window, tell him to turn it in. <laughs> okay, so you do indeed, with the help of Brock, find the tracks of whatever it be, half a dozen individuals. Although one thing does strike you as odd, the tracks appear to be very sort of slight. Now, given that it's fairly deep snow up here, you'd expect there to be like deep tracks. But these are only very shallow. It's only because, like, you're skilled at this that you've been able to follow them at all. How many is there? Six. Is that six, yeah. Okay. Is that an elven thing? Light-footed. Yeah. Well, elves are particularly light-footed, particularly in natural surroundings. However, the, these are a lot slighter than you would expect even from elves. It's almost as though they're like, there was almost no weight they were putting down on the snow as they left. So probably not actually elves. Probably assassins. No, probably like elf-like, but not elves. Elves. Should we go and find them and see? As long as we can track them, we've got the advantage, I would think. But if we lose the tracks, then I would be very cautious. I'm kind of reticent because we don't know the numbers. It's probably not a large brand, right? But, uh... Yeah, at the moment it's six, we're saying, but yep. where they're going we've, to is another matter. We've got a, a sizable amount to take home, is what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking, is Vengeance worth it at, at the moment? Well, Considering what we have to, to lose. Revenge is a dish best served cold. Really cold up here. 
It'll be even colder if we went back to New Zealand and then come out. You, you probably wouldn't find them again. Maybe they'd find us. Yeah, that's my fear. Yeah, it looks like all we need to do is come up here. <laughs> You'll get shot up. We're going to have trouble getting after them with a wagon, to be fair, with an injured, uh, injured dwarf in there. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit irresponsible, isn't it? I'm thinking whether this would be a battle best for another day, uh, honestly. I think we're about to lose the light, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. It is starting to... The light's starting to dim slightly. Ah, uh, why am I with your sensible reasoning? No, no, it's just, you know... Sometimes you yeah, take it on the... And I motion that <laughs> our, our friend, sometimes you take it on the the chest and its arrows, but, but you live, and that's what matters. <laughs> yes. I think I think your counsel is wise for once. <laughs> Even though I'm 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 not a dwarf. That's I know it's hard to believe, but on this occasion I have to say that it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll credit it to idea. uh the fact that I'm I'm, I'm slightly lessened in stature now, and I'll sort of motion for my. That's probably what it is. Mm. <laughs> See, the trouble is when you get up there, the air gets thinner, and then, you know, you don't get the same quality of air. Are you going to help me with this? And I'll <laughs> like just start. And as Weimar says, Are you going to help me with this? You hear the faint sound of drums in the distance. In the direction that they went. Indeed. Are we talking rhythmic, you know, like marching yeah, like... beat? <laughs> and uh, is it. Well, it's hard to tell if it's getting coming towards us. We'll have to wait, wouldn't we, to know that? Well, let's just get out of here. Yep. Yeah, no, that's. Sounds great. Okay, so you all, because of these creatures... I'm loath to retreat, but Weimar says we have to. <laughs> yep. So you guys hop on the, the wagon, so to speak, and you begin heading back, presumably, to New Zealand. But the I question think... is, do you want to stop at the end of the, the river stream just to get a, a recce, since we've got a set-up camp there anyway? You know, just spend half hour before we set out in the morning. Or so we... camp where? We're, we're bugging out, aren't we? Yeah, what, we're travelling through the night then. I don't know. But if the drums are beaten and they're wardrobes... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to hang around. Yeah, I, I think probably... The attractiveness of this campsite has gone downhill. Oh yeah, but this, this, ain't, our, this ain't where we're going to camp. But travelling through the night in Brock's experience, is particularly cold, obviously. Well, you, you keep moving. And dangerous. I, I, I'll move as fast as it takes to keep warm. Mm. And as... Probably as we go, there's going to be a comment from Weimar. Is like, 
this, my friends, as we sort of trudge against the <laughs> the terrain and the conditions, like this is what we used to call a forced march. Now <laughs> it's gonna be bad, but we're, we're gonna make it. And as Wymo says, it's gonna be bad, but we're gonna make it. That is where we draw a close to the session for this evening, guys. Thank you very much for playing. I hope you all enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Yep. yep. Yeah. Now, obviously, no problems. Obviously, I'm happy to chat for a bit afterwards, and I'll sort out XP and whatever. But I'm going to end the stream here.